0: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, 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 happy Thursday, gang. Welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with guess who? Well, you should know. Me, your host, Andy Goldstein. We start today's show with news that Aston Villa are confident of naming Stephen Gerrard, Gerrard as their new manager. By the end of the week, TalkSport understands. We'll hear from Moni Moni, Simon Jordan, Rangers legend, Super Ali McCoys, But we start with former striker from Aston Villa, Gabby
2: Agbon Lahore. When he steps in the building to players land for the first time he meets these players, if he comes... He's got the respect already Stephen Gerrard has. Forget he hasn't even Managed before Stephen Gerrard The players will be starstruck They'll be like You know what We've got to work for this manager You know like These players will be like Wow Stephen Gerrard And he's no nonsense as well As a player No nonsense And I could say as a manager He's no nonsense as well
0: In terms of Stephen going there I still think it's a big gamble for him I really do Well any moves I gamble But in terms of the club Listen Villa's, Villa's a great club I just I, I would be a lot happier Clearly because I'm a Rangers man Yeah I'm staying at Highbrook staying at Iber- for at least another year or so. When you prove yourself in Scotland, you dominate the leagues for a period of time. Brendan then earned the right to rebuild himself, to rock back into Leicester. That is a very decent and well-run football club Absolutely. and take those particular reins. Stephen Gerrard's been at Rangers for three years, won it once at a time when, with all due fairness, they won it on their own merits, they were unbeaten, but Celtic were rank poor. Let's see him do it again this year. Then you can say to me, he's proven his point, he's earned the right, he's established himself in
2: Scottish football.
1: Gerald! What
2: a strike from Steven Gerard. It was a poor Celtic last year.
1: Amazing achievement to go through the season unbeaten. But if he does that three or four seasons on the spin with Jurgen Klopp's contract out, and he says, "You know what? I don't want to do anymore," I think that's more than capable of saying, "Okay, you can step right in." By going to Villa, there's a lot more permutations that
2: can go either way. How would you feel if Gerard, um leaves? i like, and, and the Rangers <clears throat> fan base how would that feel I've got
0: it Gabby make no mistake about it but but thankful for for winning the title last year but no yeah. he, he's, he's not away it's a big decision you know It is, you know you're right
2: that,
3: it is. it's not an easy it's
2: decision massive. a lot of people just think it's a straightforward decision no, no, no. okay you've got four answers computer please take away two wrong answers <sighs> uh <sighs> He's probably got his head like, you know, 50-50. I'd love to go and manage Villa in the Premier League, but what I've got here at Rangers is special.
1: On now to Eddie Howe, the lad's how, and his first media gathering as Newcastle United boss. He said he's delighted to be appointed the new manager at St James's Park.
3: Well, it feels fantastic to be the head coach of Newcastle. I'm absolutely honoured, privileged it's an incredible moment in my life, judging by the reaction I've had and how the two days of training has gone. Um, it's been a really positive start, so I'd like to thank um, everyone who supported me and the board here for, for trusting in me in this important job.
1: Breaking news on Talk Sport. Eddie Howe is the new Newcastle manager. He's agreed a contract at St James's Park, keeping him there till summer 2024.
3: Everything just felt right. The pull of the club is huge. The size of the club, the history of the club. Obviously, the new ambitious plans, the new owners when meeting them, knowing some of the players, the squad. It, I just thought it was a perfect fit for me. Yes, I've had lots of other options, but I wanted to take my time and really utilise my time away from the game. I feel refreshed, energised and ready to start work. On to John Riise, the former Liverpool defender, discussing
1: his old club and why there isn't enough squad depth to compete with Man City and Chelsea. Ooh, that's interesting.
3: I'm a little bit concerned about the depth in the squad. I don't think they have the top, top, top class players when we lose. Like last season when we lost Van Dijk and a few other players, we we could see we struggled. I'm scared of it could be the same this year, That when people get injured, suspension, African nations Cup when we lose some players.
0: Mohamed Salah is in a magnificent moment.
3: I'm a little bit... Worry that that's going to be where the title is going to be decided. decided. I don't have a feeling we are not strong enough depth-wise to, to compete in the long run with Man City.
1: On now to Manchester United, and Paul Pogba has withdrawn from international duty for France after picking up a thigh injury. It could seem, ruled out until the new year, Trevor Sinclair and Moni Moni Simon Jordan discuss the enigmatic Frenchman, it's a word no one uses, and Simon thinks Oligana Gunnar Solskjaer should sell him in January sell him for next to nothing because no one's going to pay when you can get him a few months later. That's bizarre. He's rescinded that yellow card and he's now given Paul Pogba the marching orders. Red card for Pogba.
0: Maybe if he didn't get him sent himself sent off for ridiculous challenges mm. in the last two or three games he might have been useful for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. This situation is beyond his control but his agent has been agitating for some time. With Manchester United's power and control of their own finances I would want him... Away in January. I don't think he's brought enough to the side over the 143 games he's played over the last five years for them.
4: You listen to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer talk about him. He's a good influence
0: in the changing room. He's never been a problem. He's very professional. So you have to take that as the truth. But reading between the lines, I just feel that maybe it'll be a good riddance of Paul Pogba because Simon's just mentioned it 143 games over five years. He's not really produced the, the level of consistency and the greatness, the star quality that Manchester United expected a ninety pounds player to cost. I would sell him for as much as I could possibly get for him, because I don't think in the great scheme of things, unless you're going to do for Pogba what Juventus did for him, which is give players around him that enable him to play the way he wants to, and give him the freedom to be immature on the ball or risk-orientated, if you put players around him that are going to be able to give him that stage to play on, then Pogba will be a useful asset. But over five years, two different managers or three different managers that have had Pogba in their charge no one can sit here and say to me and convince me that they've got their money's worth from Pogba
1: England defender John Stones has been speaking to Talksport's Hugh Wizencroft ahead of the three Lions World Cup qualifier against Albania at Wembley on Friday night live of course on Talksport he spoke about how he dealt with the pain of losing at the Euro 2020 final to Italy
3: Isn't meant
4: to be. I've not watched the game at all. You know, I've got a lot of memories that stick in in my head, and and I don't want to tarnish them and or, or change those. When I finish, definitely I'll watch it back. Um, or, or when I feel feel ready, I suppose it sometimes can be one of those. But. I don't know. I think it's maybe my coping mechanism. I want to take all the happy memories from that. I don't want to see them score or see them celebrate. I couldn't watch them them celebrate at the end. I stood there um, respectfully. I think that was what that was the right thing to do, but I, I physically couldn't bring myself to do it. And you know, they're they're all coping mechanisms that other players might might have different things. But yeah, I think for me, it's the whole joy of it and and being proud. Of myself and and my, all my teammates and the nation, you know how, how the nation got behind us was incredible. So to see support like that and and have memories of of seeing that will uh, will last forever, and I don't want to change any of that.
1: Former middleweight champion Andy Lee has revealed to Tuk Sport that his cousin Tyson Fury, I didn't know that, has been contemplating retirement following his victory over Deontay Wilder last month. However. Lee states that the Gypsy King, that's Tyson Fury, is now enthused about the prospect of defending his world title against Dillian White next year, a fight set to be ordered later this month by the WBC, or the WUBCA.
3: When I arrived in Markham a few weeks ago, um, first day we went out for a coffee and I said, what do you do? Do you retire? Do you hang him up? He said, I'm thinking that way. But then he said, on the other hand, what else would I do in my life? He said, he loves to train. He loves to fight. Although there's no challenges out there for him, he can still take a good lot of pleasure in cleaning up the division and beating these other guys and also earning a hell of a lot of money while, when doing it. And he likes the Dillian White fight. He's, inf- he's infused by that. That's what he's talking about to me. So I can see that being the next one.
4: One thing Tyson told us before the Wilder fight was that the only fighter that can beat Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury. So if he was to step in the ring with, with Dillian White, do you feel like that hunger would be there still?
3: I think even with the with the third Wilder fight, there's a danger of not complacency, but just a bit of comfortable, like being comfortable. Dillian White and Tyson sparred a lot of rounds in the past, so they know each other. And I, although both fighters would improve, I think. it's... Tyson probably has that mental edge even though he has that mental edge over everybody Yeah so that's that's the only fear I would have is not complacency but just a bit of comfortableness and um, not having that element of fear I think it's always a good thing going into a fight
1: The former Sheffield United manager Chris Wilder took over at the Riverside on Sunday after a municipal party company with Neil Warnock Warnock joined White and Jordan and opened up on the disappointing aspect of losing his job last week I think if I, if I had to place one thing as a disappointment, if it was a phone call on Saturday morning, it, it could have been a visit to me on Thursday night. That's what I, I thought I deserved, a face-to-face meeting with, with whoever, really, uh, rather than a telephone call. Because, make no mistake, when I came, it was in a mess. A right mess. Got a good chatter going down. tell the lads before 10 to 3 because I didn't want them all going, you know what it's like nowadays, yeah. and they're all on the phones, tweeting and or doing whatever they're doing, and I didn't want to tell them that, so just before we went out, I just sat them down and I said, listen lads, it's my last game today, uh, I know it'll be a surprise and disappointment for some, one or two might be happy, what I want you to do is go out there today and show me how good you are, because you are good, if we hadn't made so many silly mistakes, we'd be in that top 3 or 4. Now, are West Ham a massive club? Well, let's get the take of former Palace owner Simon Jordan. In this clip, Jordan calls the Hammers fans buffoons for misunderstanding him on the issue. Maybe you should use words that they would understand. This should be a good listen. Their achievements are massive at this moment in time in comparison with
0: West Ham's achievements of recent times. But that doesn't make them massive by comparison to people that are really genuinely bona fidely massive which will be Man City in their achievements, Liverpool in their achievements and history, Chelsea in their recent day achievements. What we're saying, really, by looking at this is, are you getting a bit ahead of yourselves? Award-winning
1: talks for breakfast
4: with Laura Woods. Simon Jordan, um, who usually has his finger on the pulse, understands lots of things, doesn't quite understand this, I don't think, because what West Ham fans are referring to when they say we are massive is actually something that is quite self-deprecating. It's a, it's a clip, it's West Ham clips, it's a, it's an online page and it's meant to be funny. So in a way, when West Ham say, we are massive, they were saying it season before last or or whenever it was when they were getting absolutely pumped. It's the end of that kind of comedy clip.
0: Irony of their position seems to not be acknowledged in the irony of mine. The only people that can practise irony seems to be the West Ham fans. There was an element of irony behind what I said, you buffoons, I wasn't (laughs) taking you seriously. I don't think you were taking yourself seriously.
1: Now, England have gone out in the semi-finals of cricket's T20 World Cup with a five-wicket defeat to New Zealand. Their opponents successfully chased down a target of 167 with an over to spare in Abu Dhabi. This was the reaction on my show, Andy Goldstein's Drive Time, from the former England fast bowler, the legend that is Darren Goff.
3: Absolutely incredible match Has see New Zealand triumph. Daryl Mitchell, a man famous before this tournament for his dad having played rugby for New Zealand, was stepped out of the shadow.
0: Oh, New Zealand, a fantastic side, I said at the start. Fourth in T20, I think they're ranked, aren't they, John? Yeah. They're a fantastic team. Test cricket uh, champions, 50 over finalists. And you know something, if I could pick one other team that deserve to be in the final, if you want not going to be England, who I want to win, is obviously New Zealand. Because what they did, the way they handled that defeat in that last World Cup and the way they went about it, especially when you think back to the Stokes overthrows, uh, when it hit Stokes' back. Fair play to him. They're a fantastic, fantastic unit. And, and Mitchell, like I said, I remember seeing him when I was over there uh, with England just a couple of years ago, and he came into the longer form of the game as a yeah, middle order middle player. All rounded, didn't he? And now he's opening the batting in T20 cricket.
1: Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget, of course, to press that subscribe button. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's drive time with my Thursday husband, Darren Bent, from 4pm. I think I'm right in saying Jack Wilshire will also be joining us in the studio as well. There will be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day in the bubble. Be safe, everyone. Be safe.
3: That was a podcast from TalkSport.